God has a version of you that is different than the world's version of you. And the reason you want to know yourself is because you discover what it is about you that Satan uses to pull you towards that version of yourself rather than living in the version that God has bestowed upon. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Salty Pastor Podcast, a podcast that focuses on coaching you in the growth of your faith. Our world is struggling to find peace in the midst of all this chaos, (laughs) direction in the midst of all this aimlessness, and purpose in the midst of no meaning. We're challenging everyone to take time to think about the point and purpose of your life, and then you will know what you believe and why you believe it. This leads to a stronger faith, and that is how you find peace, hope, and love in this world. Now, without further ado, please welcome the Salty Pastor himself, Dr. Douglas Peak. You know, I've always wondered what adieu means. Further adieu? Isn't that French for something? It probably is. I'll Google it. You keep doing your okay. thing and I'll find out. Well, so I good for something. you to be to be with you, everyone. Today, we started this uh, series on women called The Disappearing Women. And the whole premise of this is that our society is postulating ideologies that are attempting to erase women. Ultimately, there are philosophical ideologies that present themselves in political applications that seek to have an androgyny in regards to male and females. The goal is to remove any and all uh, roles, any all unique barriers between the two so that they become interchangeable androgynous parts. And so this is considered to be an ideology that will bring about utopia and human expansion beyond belief. Uh, Of course, this has been attempted and tried many times before throughout human history, and people who don't read history or study history are completely ignorant that this has been tried before and with absolutely dramatic, catastrophic results. And so the point of The Disappearing Woman is all about remembering God's unique and wonderful, special, feminine essence that he gave to females and only females has it. And if we get rid of it, we ignore it, then it will be to our peril. And it not only destroys women, it destroys men and it will destroy society. So that's what this series is about is what does the Bible say about the unique special value of women and women only? Well, now you like that now, intro. Now coming back to this, this <laughs> definition of a do feels a little weird after that intro. But uh, just so you know, a do means without any fuss or delay. So much ado about nothing. A Shakespeare okay. would also be the same thing. But Got it. Uh, I forgot to introduce myself. My name is Jesse Mayer. I'll be the host. And like you said, Pastor, this series is super powerful, and it's rung a bell with some people. I think it's yes. it started. People came in, and and you kind of started everything off and you said this is either going to be a one star or a five star sermon series <laughs> yeah. and uh most people are coming in pretty strong at a five right now are I they mean, okay that's always, good that's good I think there's always going to be dissenters but you sure. could be preaching on anything and have someone tell you that you're wrong so i don't think that well that's if new. nobody dissents then you're not really preaching are you uh, apparently 
So last week we started in by digging into the life fulfillment equation. We talked about mm-hmm. that on the podcast as well as uh, in the message. And based on the words of Jesus, uh, Luke 9 is where we pulled that. And he said, if anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, this is the one who will save it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things is that uh, the end goal of that statement is that whoever uh, loses their life for my sake ends up saving it. So the end goal of the life fulfillment equation is a saved life, right? Mm. And so we have to ask ourselves, well, what does that mean? Because on the one hand, if I try to save my own life, uh, if I try to redeem my own life, even go so far as to create my own full life, I end up losing it, according to Jesus. However, if I give up my life for him, I end up saving my life. And it reminds me of a quote by C.S. Lewis. He says, people who try to find happiness in this world are miserable. But people who find their joy in Christ are experience the greatest joy and they're happy in this world. Mm. So they get both. And it's really interesting. It's like Jesus said in Matthew 6, 33, he says, seek first the kingdom of God. And then all of these other things will be added. So I think it's really interesting as he's saying that the point is a saved life. And, and I interpret that through the words of Christ to mean an abundant life, a redeemed life, a healed life, a whole life, uh, adventurous meaningful, direction-filled uh, life that, because my soul has been healed or quenched with the water that only Christ can bring. So Jesus then states, if you want that kind of life, here's the equation to get there, okay? It, first, you got to know him, which is the concept of follow me. Jesus says, you must uh, deny yourself, pick up his cross daily, and follow me. So if we go backwards, Knowing Jesus, following him is the first step. We talked about that last week. This week, we're going to talk about um, knowing yourself, right? Which is denying yourself, which I find interesting because I always wanted to know, well, what part of me am I supposed to deny? We'll talk about that in a moment. And then you got to know the world, which is the sacrifice that you'll be asked to make. We all have to make a sacrifice. We need to consider what it is. Got to count the cost. And then we choose to pay it. That's called picking up your cross. So if it's true, so ladies, I want to ask you this question. If it's true that you are not a perfect person, and you know this, then would you like to know what parts of you you should believe in and trust and what parts of you you should be aware of that can sink you or hinder you? So... If you know you're not a perfect person, wouldn't you want to know what Jesus has done in you, what he is, uh, like, like where he's taking you in life, this saved, fulfilled, whole, redeemed life? Okay, well, this is where he's taking me. Then you should ask yourself a self-aware question, which is, what is in me that I need to deny in order to go where he's leading me? And when I read the Bible... Uh, uh, do I read it like, oh, this is just an indictment of how bad I am? Or do you read it as a map to freedom, a map to this saved life? 
Do you see it more as a directional guide, right, as mm. opposed to a, a judgmental guide? And I think that's really a significant point. Absolutely. Well, we kind of covered the first part of the life fulfillment equation of know him last mm -hmm. week. I want to focus on know yourself this week. Okay. Talk to me a little bit about what this means and why it's so important in the grand scheme of the life fulfillment equation. Well, uh, it is extremely important, uh, whether you're a guy or a gal, but uh, since we're focusing on women, why is it, ladies, so important for you to know yourself? Well, on the one hand, we talked about this last week, right? God has a version of you that is different than the world's version of you. Do you believe God when he says, uh, I love you and I sent my son to die for you? Do you, do you believe Jesus when he says you have been cleansed and washed from uh, your unrighteousness? Do you, do you believe Jesus when he says you have been seated with him at the right hand of God and that every spiritual blessing under heaven has been poured out over you? Do you believe that you have been sealed with the kiss of the Holy Spirit? Do you believe that you are no longer a stranger or foreigner, but you are now an adopted child of God? Uh, do you believe that, that your unique feminine attributes are a, a reflection of God's image in you? You know, that's God's version. On the other hand, there's also a part of you, a side of you, that reflects the world's version of yourself. And the reason you want to know yourself is because you discover what it is about you that Satan uses to pull you towards that version of yourself rather than living in the version that God has bestowed upon you. So, I mean, just to clarify, you're saying, uh, and we kind of set this up last week, that there's two versions that... Mm -hmm are you basically there's the version that god says you are as a woman or even as a man but we're focusing on women so you as a woman that god says and then there's a version that the world says of who you are or what yes. you should be doing and, mm -hmm. and things of that nature now what satan has done is he's come in and basically done what he's always done is he's yes. he started tempting and deceiving you into saying this is the right one you should believe. The world's version is the one you should believe. Mm -hmm. The world's version is the one that's going to set you free from the, I mean, he's really good at setting up his own problems so that he can be the only one that fixes them, right? Yes. Like that's, yeah. that's kind of the key uh, operandi that he, he operates under. Um, and, and he so, uses your desires against you. Yeah, he uses your natural desires, your natural tendencies, the things that you excel at, and then he kind of perverts them and yeah. then says, oh, here, this is the only way to fix it, or, or uses them against you, basically. Mm -hmm. The things that are supposed to be good and joyous and amazing in your life that God designed you around, he actually turns and, and, and taints them and then yeah, says, he taints this, them. Is the, this is the real better version of what God set up for you. Yes, so I think that's the scariest part of it is in some ways, a lot of the things that he taints are really good, but he has put a yes. spin on them or he has somehow manipulated them into being something that is unhealthy and bad for you. Yeah. And like, so, well, sex is a perfect example. Yeah. And so <laughs> yeah. there's, there's, that's what I think is so scary is that it in, in the original thought process, it's like, yeah, that, that does sound good. That is good. But he's, he's twisted yeah. it. And for women in particular, I think one thing that they struggle with is that the things that they are naturally have a stronger proclivity towards, right? 
he uses that very thing because women are like very sensitive to those types of things that they're drawn to. He uses those things to try to show them why they don't measure up. Like, for instance, uh, you have women that are they're they're very uh, empathetic towards people. Right. You know, they, they have some some women like have a deeper empathy towards yeah. broken hearts. So what they do, what Satan does is he uses that to depress them and show them how because they don't care about enough people right? You don't care about everybody, then you're not enough. Right. So he uses the very thing that your gift designed to be given to the world and make it a better place. He twists it against a female to make her feel like she's inadequate. Yes. So talk to me a little bit more about this, why you need to know yourself, but truly know yourself. Like there's a desire to know yourself yeah. in everyone, right? But then you also have to well, make the decision. Well, that, that's a good, that's a great question because in society's version of yourself, they're not interested in you Actually knowing you knowing yourself. yourself. They're interested in telling you what you are, right? It's more of a dictatorship. <laughs> it's a dictatorship in the world's version, yeah. That's why when you come into the kingdom of God, there is freedom, not bondage. See, that's why. You, you hit it, the nail on the head right there. The first step in knowing yourself is wanting to know yourself right, is to actually ask. Uh, the psalmist says it this way. It's in Psalms 26, verse 2. It says, examine me, Lord, and put me to the test in order to refine my mind and my heart. Psalmist says in 139, search me, O God, and know my heart. Put me to the test and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any hurtful way in me. Lead me in the everlasting way. Notice what the psalmist is singing about is that we, we don't want to know ourselves, mm. right? But what we're doing is when we don't want to know ourselves, we cheat ourselves out of refinement. We cheat ourselves out of being led in the everlasting way. In the New Testament, Paul writes, test yourselves. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Test yourselves to see if you're in the faith. Examine yourselves. Do you not recognize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is actually in you? Oh, that's something we need to dig into. Paul says you should examine yourself because who is in you? Jesus. Jesus is actually in there. So notice that this is a juxtaposition. Don't you love that word? A juxtaposition? A yes. juxtaposition. It's a fun word to say. It's a, it's a fun word to say. So people, women in particular, tend to not want to truly be introspective from the standpoint of saying, test me and examine me, right? What, what they wanted, what happens is then they miss out on what Jesus is actually doing in them. And this is something that's very salty, but this is my observation. And that is women believe, this is different than guys, females believe that if they are talking about their feelings, examining their feelings, evaluating their emotional state, that they're being introspective. Okay. And they're actually not. Okay. We'll talk more about that on Thursday. That's a little... Uh, That's a cliffhanger for Yeah, Thursday. is that what they call that? Is a cliffhanger, in. yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, so back, the capacity to know yourself is self-awareness. 
and just to give you a little taste of what we'll talk about there's is that when you only evaluate how you feel about something and you're not evaluating it against an objective standard you're not self-aware right you in other words you're just swimming around without any point or purpose yeah it's like if you're going somewhere and you want to drive to let's say you want to drive to the mall or to a hotel or to something and you're in a place that seems kind of familiar it's like I, it feels so i must be going to my location but unless you pull up the gps map and say am i actually going where i'm they're like uh no you're not it it seems familiar but you're not going where you're at see so what makes it's not just does it seem familiar and when you're evaluating your emotions you're you're only asking and say is from my experience how do i feel about this circumstance right and okay. you're trying to evaluate it but you also have to examine your emotional state in comparison to an objective standard called truth because if you don't you lack self-awareness mm. does that make sense yeah i think i think that idea of it's something similar of you know you you go to the gym and you train but if you're not being intentional about what you're doing you're just sort of like walking about doing random exercises yes. and you're not getting anywhere with it right. right like yes there is some innate health in just being at the gym and you know moving some weight around right mm -hmm. but it's like if you're attempting to like recover from an injury and you're supposed to be working like i have bad shoulders so if i'm trying to work out and get my shoulders back in health and be really intentional intentional about healing that thing i'm not going to just go and lift the massive amounts of weight in whatever angle and order because that's probably going to hurt me and it's still not helping me get to where I want to go. And, yeah. and what you're saying is sometimes females will go, well, I'm, I'm analyzing my feelings and stuff, but if there's no, if there's no end goal of, well, I'm trying to get to this objective standard, then they're just kind of analyzing their feelings for it becomes circular in circular. its nature it, it, it and kind of, it, yeah and you miss you know you miss the point uh uh there's a song uh, from taylor swift that's kind of new out and my kids are taylor swift fans so this is why i know this and there's a line in there it's called the anti-hero i think is the name of the song there's a line in there she where she goes it's me i'm the problem it's me and you know at some point you have to ask yourself you have to be self-aware enough to say okay there's something in me i need to deny that's part of the equation, but I need to know myself so that I don't deny the wrong things. Mm. See, it's like, like, let's say you, let's use your analogy instead of the gym is a diet. And so what you do you say, I need to lose weight. So I'm going to deny myself, you know, and I'm going to, well, if you deny yourself a proper caloric intake, then that's called, then you can get on the path to anorexia well, which and, and is you, bad and you see it seems like you're doing the right thing at first right yeah you will lose weight yeah but it won't be in a healthy way or something that's sustainable or anything exactly of that nature, right yeah and so that that's really important is that i i need to know myself so that i know what is interfering with where god is taking me to this what fulfilled life this wholeness and so the people, I, 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 women in particular, I think, are very fearful of knowing themselves at this level uh, because I think it has to do with an immature picture of God. And that is 
that you still look at God as waiting to punish you, like he's a parent waiting for you to step out of line, as opposed to examining yourself. So, Because if Jesus is in you, right, you want to examine, well, where is he in me and what's he doing in me? Because that's the significant part of knowing yourself. Ah, this, this is, he's reinforcing this version that he has bestowed upon me through his grace and redemptive act in my life. He saved me for this. And now I know myself well enough that Satan's going to use these parts about me to try to get me away from that. Therefore, I need to deny those things. And what that comes down to is a, a tendency to be brutally honest with yourself, which is really difficult to do. Yeah. I mean, I think most people don't want to fully reveal or dive into who they really are because right. we're flawed and broken people and we don't always make the right choice. So when you have to start dealing with those things about yourself, it doesn't typically feel good. No. I think, that's, I think good. that's the, I think we're risk adverse. We're pain adverse. Right. And sometimes yeah. diving in and being honest with yourself is a painful process. Mm -hmm. And so people are going to naturally avoid something that's hurtful. Like you're yeah. not going around stabbing yourself with a knife. Yeah, like nobody not, wants to do that's that. That's not no. a thing that most people do. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so, um, I think that that's important. I think that's men and women. They yeah. both want to avoid that process. So talk to me about what things women should know about themselves. What, what are they supposed to be? You keep saying, you've now said they need to know themselves faster. Yes. What do they need to know about themselves? Okay. Well, I'm, I'm not qualified to make those determinations. However, I will show you what the Bible says. Okay. <laughs> okay. And these are things that I think that Satan will use against ladies, women, females, the feminine nature in essence, in order to undermine them in their faith and what God wants to do in their life. And the biggest thing that you need to be aware of is that you have a curse and just like men have a curse. Okay. Now we'll talk about the impact of the curse on men all the time, but there seems to be something unsavory to say to women when you go, well, you have a curse. People are like, can you actually say that? Isn't that denigrating for women to say that? I go, well, you be the judge. In chapter 3 of the book of Genesis, verse 16, is where God puts a curse first on Satan, then he puts a curse on Eve, and then he puts a curse on Adam. And the curse is really interesting because the, in, in the curse, particularly the first one to Satan, he, he lays out the redemptive path that, that what's going to happen is that the salvation or redemption of the results or consequences of their decision is going to be redeemed through the seed of the woman. Mm. Okay. So he references Christ in that, that place. And what's, what's fascinating though, is to get specific about women. He says this, he goes, I will greatly multiply your pain in childbirth and in pain. You shall the word, the Hebrew word here for deliver is also nurture mm. children. So, What's interesting there is that you are going to have increased pain in the bearing of children. So they call it labor for a reason. Yes. Yeah. But number two is that in pain, you're going to nurture and raise children. And oftentimes the greatest pain that women feel in life, it comes from their kids. Mm. Right. And so what happens in that? It's very difficult for them. Then he says this, he goes, your desire 
will be for your husband, yet he shall rule over you. And so that's the essence of the curse. Let me explain that second part a little bit, okay? And that is, is that in your relationships, right, you will have a desire. So he's, what he says basically is that your desire, in the Hebrew, there is actually no verb in that phrase. It just says, desire husband yours, pretty much. Okay. So you have to kind of look at the language in which Moses was writing this to right. try to get an idea. And all scholars who really understand this, you know, have Doug has said, is that's why they add the verb will be. And so what they're trying to get at is this, is that in your relationships, because you feel in your soul, you'll always struggle with the power imbalance in your marriage. Okay. And because you feel that ladies, that what happens is that you're uncomfortable with that. So in order to feel comfortable, your desire will be to control your husband. All right. However, it won't work. It's not a, it's not an admonition that he's supposed to rule over you. The, the admonition is, is that he, you, you can't rule over him. He rules over you. In other words, it's more about detente than it is about the initial design of the relationship between Adam and Eve, which was what? It was to be this equal, yeah, equal, beautiful partnership, right? Where there was no threat or uh, one another. They were completely vulnerable with each other, naked. That's the point of being naked. The point isn't running around naked. The right. point, you know, in this myth of history is to simply say that the, they were completely vulnerable and open with each other. And they had what? No shame. Right. Now, if you go back in our series on guilt, what, that emotional reflex of guilt can turn into what? Shame. shame. Yeah. And that really is is a hindrance to us and propagates unrighteousness. So the whole point here is that your desire will be to control your husband, but it's never going to work. And this is what's really interesting is I think ladies need to understand that that is part of, you know, this, this uh, impact of sin in their life. And it's also one of the reasons why they tend to be unfulfilled in their marriages. So, I mean, what I'm hearing you talk about basically is people really need to be aware of the effects of the curse in their life, because that's going to help them better understand why they feel certain things or why yes. things aren't working in certain situations, because it could be the aspects of the curse playing out. Mm -hmm. And while, you know, Jesus, I think brought forth some new ways to work through this, right? our sinful nature is always going to revert back to this thing of the curse, right? Yes. And so having that awareness of our natural tendency is to go back to this thing that was put in place all these years ago. And like, we're going to have in relationships, there's going to be issues where there's an, a feeling of imbalance and, and Jesus calls us out of that. You know, he talks about uh -huh. there's no male or female and you've talked about this in the, in the equality of things, but it's, it's always going to feel that way. And it's a constant struggle to always remind ourselves that we've been called out into something new. Right. Yeah. And I think that, that it's important for women to understand that 
this, you know, men have a curse, right? And it impacts them. And what happens is if they don't understand that and they don't see how Satan uses it against them mm. and they don't see where it traps their thinking sometimes, then they can get caught in a, get caught in a course of life that's very damaging, mm. right? And so if females don't see that in themselves, right, this is why you need to know yourself, is if you don't see it, it, it can be very damaging, first and foremost, to you as a woman, right? Because the very thing you want you won't ever be able to experience, right? right? Because you're you're not being drawn into the version that God has designed for you. You're following the path of the world, right? Okay, so I, I think that's critically important. You know, and the practical implications of this just you need to figure out for yourself as a woman because they impact you in multiple different ways every day of your life every day of your life and the first and foremost thing is i think is that women need to understand because of this curse they are prone to negative emotions more than males and research has, has pointed this out is that women are more prone to negative emotions um and because of that they can be perpetually dissatisfied with their most intimate relationships they always want more and it's like well but this presents in a worrying about things that are not the best that they can be. So they're trying to achieve a unrealistic goal of intimacy or something like that. Uh, and and there, another impact that this has in their life is what is called hypergamy. And that is, is that they tend to always, in their intimate and friendships, always want to look up, right? They always want to go level or up. You know, and so what that does is that removes compassion and empathy from their life, right? And so the, it ends up having dramatic results. Like here's a woman who, you know, she's pretty salty, but she talks about this issue of dealing with hypergamy in her own life. Let's play the video. Divorce my husband. Why did I divorce my husband? I divorced my husband because I was making a certain amount of money. I divorced my husband because I thought I didn't need him anymore. I divorced my husband because I had this senior position at work and thought I held the same position at home. I divorced my husband because I thought I was better than him because I had my degree now. I divorced my husband because I thought a successful marriage meant I was here and he was down here. That is not success. That's sickness. I found myself divorced and out there looking for love in all the wrong places. And this one and that one and that one and that one and this one and that one and my body count going up and my value going down i'm just gonna call it like a ti is all the while my husband done found somebody else building a a relationship and building a life with them i should have stayed married to my husband well there you go <laughs> she she is starting to become self-aware yes i think <laughs> that calls out a lot of uh the, what you were talking about with the hypergamy of she had the she had what she thought she wanted and then the the taint the of the world started yep. telling her well no you need more or you should be doing better yeah. or he should be better or yeah. whatever which then she blew everything up and then so she followed the version of the yeah. world and now she looks back and says he he's over there building a relationship and i have nothing yes and now she regrets that so i feel and that's that now, I realize this is an extreme case, right? right? But the whole point of the salty pastor is to get you to think and say, well, ladies, do you see that in you at any given point? Is there a version point? of that yeah. in you? And if you do, don't ignore it. 
you know, you need to address it so that you can know yourself. Because guess what? Satan loves to use these things against you. As we wrap up, tell me what's the biggest barrier for women when it comes to being self-aware? Well, I think that is that it's security. It's that it's tough to be honest with yourself when you're just trying to survive and you feel unsafe, mm. right? And, and so what happens is even though is that so Satan is trying to always get you to feel insecure, insecure about your relationships, insecure about your role, insecure about your contribution, insecure about your feminine essence, uh, all of these things. Satan is constantly trying to get you to feel insecure about it, because if you're insecure about it, guess what? You won't be honest with yourself. Right. And you then don't have that, time to really dive into it. And, and then he uses that against you. Well, and you can also not see the goals and the dreams and the goodness on the other side of it either. That's right? right. Like if he keeps you in that, that state of feeling unsafe, you can never see the beauty of anything around you. That's right. It, 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 it's definitely, uh, Satan loves, you know, Jesus said in John, he said, the thief comes to steal and destroy. Mm. So that's his goal. I mean, that's it. There is no other plan, right? It's <laughs> to steal what you got and to destroy what you have. All right. Well, thank you, Pastor, for sharing with us today. I'm excited to see what we're going to be talking about on Thursday, because if this is what today was, I can't imagine what we're diving into on Thursday. But um, we just want to encourage you guys, make sure you leave a comment. If there's something that's stuck out to you today um, that is resonating with you or something, even if you disagree, put it in the comments so that we can have a discussion about it. We want to hear what you guys are getting out of this, especially you ladies, because I don't know the next time Pastor Doug might do a women's series. So, <laughs> so you got to use it while we got it. So oh my goodness. We're going to be uh, maximizing this time, and we want to um, answer feedback, questions. Feedback, feedback, feedback. Yeah, feedback is good. And uh, make sure you like and subscribe. Let's make sure people are aware that the Salty Pastor is out here. This is a great series for us to be um, reaching new people with. So let's do it. Other than that, we'll see you on Thursday here on the Salty Pastor Podcast. Blessings. Thank you.